people think that they're working on churn or they think that they're working on uh, engagement and upsell. In fact, what you're working on is revenue. And you want to increase revenue by retaining the customers you have, acquiring new customers efficiently, and getting all of them ultimately to, to spend more with you and be more engaged with you over time. You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. We're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market. You know, today, I'm thrilled to have uh, Ollie Downs, who's the SVP of Data Analytics and Machine Learning at BarkBox. Ollie, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Great. Maybe you can tell the listeners just a little bit about you know, your background and what you do at Bark. Yeah, um, I'm a PhD data scientist, machine learning by original background. I began my career at Microsoft Research too many years ago. Got to spin out their first IP Ventures company, which is the traffic company, Inrix, and got addicted to the fact that you can use, you know, just the right piece of science and statistics to enable and impact significant portions of a business. And so I really got addicted at first to that sort of ability to business enable new startups with data science and machine learning. I've actually done nine startups, took me through location-based services, add the burgeoning world of ad tech, and then into MarTech with my last uh, startup, which was AI marketing company, um, Amplero. And since Amplero, um, I've had a fun time innovating in a few large enterprises, um, driving end-to-end, often consumer-focused analytics and machine learning applications at Zillow Group, Zulily, and now Bark. Uh, that's great. For our listeners, you know, Ali and I have known each other for, for several years. You know, we bonded through our shared experience having built you know, data-driven MarTech uh, startups. When While we had never met each other prior to maybe four or five years ago, uh, you know, we actually have very, very similar backgrounds, including topics of our PhD dissertations from you know, back in a, in a previous era. You know, so it's, it's very interesting how things sort of you know, came full circle for both of us. Uh, both have sort of deep retail experiences as well, you know, and a real passion around connecting data and next generation data applications you know, into marketing applications and into customer applications. And today, you know, this is exactly what we're diving into on the show. Yeah. And, and really, you know, specifically, you know, when you look at, you know, a next generation of machine learning and everyone's talking about chat GPT these days and deep learning and all sorts of, uh, you know, really cutting edge stuff. Uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about, you know, taking a lot of the potential um, you know, and, and really amazing algorithmic work that exists you know, within the realms of machine learning uh, and data science today and connecting that into marketing uh, applications and marketing outcomes. Uh, everyone talks about using machine learning effectively, but you know, so few people actually really do it well. Uh, and you know, in my career, I don't think there's anyone I've met you know, who's better than Ollie uh, at connecting uh, you know, A to B here. So you know, with that, maybe we can sort of just talk about your background with this, these kinds of uh, of applications, and uh, maybe talk a little bit about Amplero and sort of your general background around machine learning. Yeah, I, I really, you know, when I think about driving success in a machine learning application, there's sort of part of the challenge I think is being able to elegantly go end to end. It's actually quite easy 
to build data science and ML models now as a data scientist. If you have a static pool of data, it's very hard to turn that from that sort of static modeling exercise into a truly flowing set of data, a model operating dynamically, even that's even if that's something operating in batch mode rather than like full real time and monitoring whether it's still working well, how it's performing compared to how you thought it would perform when you developed it and understanding when you need to update or refine that model. So the sort of pieces all around like the core modeling exercise, can I build a model that drives significant lift on a particular metric or objective? Those are still quite hard. The, the building that model is quite easy. So it's this sort of getting the infrastructure going um, around those models that, that continues to be hard in, in enterprises of all scales. One of the things we, we really learned with Amplero was we sort of started that business truly in a consultative manner. We, we went out to um, our target customer verticals. We actually oddly started that MarTech business uh, with a telco vertical focus, which with hindsight, I, I probably wouldn't have done. However, you know, those are pretty sophisticated businesses. And when you think about them globally, you know, no matter what country they're in, they tend to be in the top 50 sort of businesses by scale in their local market. And so sort of quite heavy on data science sophistication, on marketing experimentation. And the things we learned were really that, one, it was hard to go end to end. Two, it was hard to go from a measurement of a marketing A-B test to what was the ongoing business impact of a personalized or segment targeted marketing, operationalized marketing campaign, for example, and show that you could sustain business performance over an extended period of time. And I would say that's, that is one of the challenges, which is that in many cases, you know, you're, you're operating, particularly in MarTech, you're operating campaigns and you're trying to change and optimize them to the dynamics of your business faster than the economic outcomes might play out for your customers. When I think about, um, when I think about that starting point, boy, almost a decade ago now in, in telecom, we were thinking about prepaid mobile and then subscription mobile where a purchase decision at best gets made on a monthly basis in prepaid mobile. Similarly today at Bark, right? We're in a, the core of our business is a monthly subscription or, or commitment style business. And so, you know, when you think about acting on a, an opportunity with a given consumer, particularly if it involves discounting or promotions, right? The net effect of that discount or promotion is going to play out for you two or three months ahead because you might change a near-term, perhaps a conversion signal for this month, but the economics of that conversion playing out relative to that promotion might take two or three months to fully emerge. Yeah, and and I think it's an example that I you know, that I always love to cite and definitely talked about you know, this on the show before. And you know, certainly at Simon Data, we always talk with our customers about this. Yeah, you know, look, Black Friday now was you know maybe you know, a little over two months ago. Uh, you know, Black Friday tactics are very effective in getting folks in the door to you know, complete a purchase. Yeah, you know, but are you, are you actually building you know that brand affinity? Yeah, you know, and this is a basic sort of analytical question in looking beyond you know the last click of attribution. Um, yeah, you know, and it's, it's sort of a great example. And then the other thing though that that you said, Ollie, that I think is 
is a perspective that you and I share, but I think is a perspective that a lot of folks don't really appreciate. You know, is the challenge around machine learning today, um, while chat GPT and self-driving cars are doing some cool stuff, in so many business applications, the challenge isn't actually the quality of the algorithms. Uh, it's how the algorithms are used and if they're used effectively in practice. You know, and you brought up a couple of points that, you know, maybe we can touch on and we will touch on over the next, you know, you know, you know 10, 15 minutes here, but really asking what are the business outcomes? You know, and do you have enough time to measure the effectiveness of the algorithm relative to really measuring consumer behavior? Uh, you know, and ultimately, uh, you know, you're, while your consumers do purchase and buy things, you know, many, you know, customer-centric brands are much more focused around building a relationship and, and, and optimizing for LTV uh, as opposed to trying to you know, use conversion rates by a point uh, at the expense of having you know, customers view, view you as a coupon shop. Of course, there are also challenges with just the pure operations. You, how do you ship data from A to B? How do you make sure all the considerations around rebuilding the models and back to real time? You know, and then there's one of aligning, you know, what you said, the objective function. You know, and the biggest problem with uh, you know, so much machine learning is that uh, yeah, they're really, you're really solving the, the wrong problem. You know, I always like to use an example, you know, you give a data scientist a problem to, you know, to identify churn, uh, and they'll come back three weeks later and say 14.2% of your customers, you might as well just kiss them goodbye. You know, and they'll have a very specific model when, when, it, when in reality, the count, you know, the goal is, you know, you know, how do we identify which customers in the base, you know, are at risk of churning and how do you prevent it, which is a very different problem if you sort of think through it. So so that's sort of you know, make you know, I think that you know, that summary that you just gave and the overview you know certainly aligns with topics that we've talked about previously in the show. And Ollie, maybe we can you know transition into BarkBox and Bark more yeah. broadly. You know, I have a, a relatively large lab at home who loves uh, you know to get her treats every single month. You know, and and some of our listeners might be asking you, know, where does machine learning play a role? Ah. Uh, you know, in 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 the Bark product lineup, Bark value proposition, and Bark customer you know engagement and experiences. Well, we have a very interesting uh, feedback loop from our customers. And of course, we, we're really playing to two customers at the same time, which is we're playing to the human customer, right? Who actually, the, the dog parent who pays the bill for their pup. Um, and we want them to be engaged and excited about the experience that we're going to create for them uh, with their dog. At the same time, we're trying to address things that the dog likes, things that aren't going to cause wellness issues, right? Think, think about toys that break down and get swallowed and stuck. Think about um, treats and chews and food and the relationship with allergies and other health conditions and things that are just totally fun and get played with by the dog. So we're actually sort of arbitrating these, this, this customer that's actually two customers at the same time. And the uniqueness we have, it's actually why I, why I one of the reasons I joined Bark originally is we actually have very, very high rates of customer feedback and engagement because, you know, the dog is like a member of your family. And that's just been an increasing trend over time that, that people's pets really are very much a primary component of their family rather than a secondary component. And so our rates of NPS survey response are very high uh, relative to my experience in other consumer spaces, 20, 30% sort of response rates. Similarly, we have a product score survey, which allows our dog parents to rate every product that they, that they get in the box. Our response rates there are really good. And from a machine learning opportunity perspective, 
not only are the response rates good, but the comment engagement is good. You know, it's very common with sort of surveys to get, oh, I checked the stars level or I checked the boxes, but I didn't provide you any rich semantic feedback. That isn't true for us. We get lots of comments and descriptions and information from our customers. And the key for us is taking that um, through the feedback loop, not just as sort of our customer experience operation from an engagement and marketing perspective, but also into our product design and development. We design all of our toys and our treat products internally, right? And we're we're largely vertically integrated with, and we have some manufacturing partners, but, you know, we're not, we're not like Chewy where we're a marketplace for, for everything pets. We are very focused on the dog. We're very focused on creating unique products and experiences. And we really play that live and dynamic feedback we get from our customers and their dog into the toys and treats we develop and design. Thanks for that, Ali. As some of our yeah. listeners may know, Bark has actually been a very long time assigned to the customer. Uh, and I remember probably almost five years ago, maybe even six years ago now, uh, Bark at one point both used to sell their own design uh, manufactured and vertically integrated and sold, um, you know, products, you know, the Donald Trump chew toy, you know, all their you know, completely over the top and ridiculous, you know, branded uh, merchandise. And then they would also sell some items through, uh, you know, through third-party producers. And when they actually did some analysis around engagement, uh, they saw that the engagement and satisfaction with the vertically designed uh, and vertically owned and you know, your products were, were much, much higher. Uh, I always sort of thought that was sort of a, a, a prime example of you know, being super thoughtful around you know, data uh, and insights relative to sort of uh, you know, the customer experience and really what set, set the brand apart. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also, I think one of the things that in the tech sort of world, we, we shy away from in terms of customer experience, Buck does not shy away from in the sense that we're very happy to engage, actually, we call them our happy team. Our customer service team is very keen to engage with our customers. And we actually have tested our way into that that being a key component, actually, post-customer uh, conversion, actually having a welcome chat with our customers and, and suggesting that to them after they've checked out. It actually generates a lot of success for us and allows us to drive increased personalization even in the very first box that arrives at our customer's home. So it's really interesting. We've we've lent into human customer engagement as part of this sort of feedback loop for us. And it's, as you mentioned, it's driven our product innovation for sure. Yeah, no, that, that's great. So maybe we can get into a bit more specific brass tacks. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are some of the specific machine learning models and machine learning applications that leverage Bark-specific data? Uh, and then how do you actually use them you know, in marketing use cases? Yeah, in the, so in the, in the marketing world, you know, our sort of canonical um, use case is a recommendation use case. So in the run-up to um, a customer's Bark box being shipped to them, so in the month, during the month prior to the next Bark box coming, we have a whole series of add-ons, often complementary to the forthcoming uh, theme of the box that the customer is going to receive that they can add to their box. We also, you know, are very keen to introduce our customers to our broader product lines, our food, our dental uh, health and wellness products. And so we have a canonical sort of product recommendation capability 
It takes into account dog profile information, the things we've learned from our survey feedback, the things we know about allergies and compatibility, and also sort of that human customer's engagement with our recommendations and our e-commerce uh, store over time. So that plays into sort of an upsell and cross-sell sort of play that we make. And that does have a significant uh, impact on our top line revenue. And also because uh, we offer sort of subscription upsells as part of that, it can play into our retention and long-term engagement um, of a customer base too. And that's a, that's something we operationalize in two ways. One, through our owned channel communication uh, via Simon, and then also through our core platform and app uh, dashboards. And then we're really, you know, we've been taking a, a real deep dive into discovering our distinct customer profiles, not just from a sort of a metrics and economic perspective, but how the dog, we talk, sort of talked earlier about, you know, how the dog is really a primary member of households today, if you have a dog, and how the dog plays a role in the lifestyle of that family, whether that's, you know, just, you know, the dog and me, or whether it's, a, you know, a large family and where they live, and sort of how that fits in the lifestyle, lifestyle and how we can improve the offerings that we make to those customers based upon how the dog plays a role in their lifestyle. That has been a really um, interesting and growing opportunity for us. And again, you know, something for us to operationalize in all of the channels through which we acquire and engage customers. Great. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I think, um, you know, certainly across, uh, you know, the food and the, you know, the, the, the dental hygiene, I know many dog owners just don't think about these kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, I remember my wife and I got our, our first dog. She introduced me to the notion of dog dental hygiene. And I was like, I don't get it, but you know, it's actually a, a real thing and it's a real problem, but it requires yeah. real awareness. Yeah. And so this sort of mixture of, of playful sort of engagement, if you think of the life of our toys and our treats and some of our wacky themes, but also sort of bringing some fun to some of those wellness things. You know, my experience in that example with, with Bright, which is our dental product, is, you know, either you're taking your dog to the vet for a $600 teeth cleaning visit, or you're going to try and brush their teeth, which if you've ever actually tried to do it, it just doesn't, it's, that's a no-go uh, across sort of eight dogs I've owned in the last 15 years. It's never been an acceptable thing. And so having dental be a treat, but it goes beyond sort of just a chew and there's a toothpaste component to it and it's fun and the dog loves it. It sort of brings our humor and engagement to that experience, which sort of seems, you know, off in the corner. Otherwise you wouldn't think about it. Yeah. Now I'm like, this is a great example where, you know, look, these are, it's a fundamentally hard education problem, you know, yet it's also a foundationally massive opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, you know, success, you know, I'd imagine requires you know, a deep understanding of the customer at an analytical level. Um, you know, what's their predisposition to the brand? What do they purchase in the past? What kind of breed do they have? Uh, and all that information. And then coupling that, you know, with you know, educational content messaging across own channels and, and the website, putting that all together uh, and really understanding where customers are in their journey. Uh, because if you were to go, you know, try to you know, shove this stuff down someone's throat for 40% off, you know, it's, you know, you know, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's sort of, it's one of the things that we learned early on with Amplero 
And and it's just as true in our business at Bark um, today is that, you know, we were talking about metrics and ML. You know, people think that they're working on churn or they think that they're working on uh, engagement and upsell. In fact, what you're working on is revenue. And you want to increase revenue by retaining the customers you have, acquiring new customers efficiently, and getting all of them ultimately to, to spend more with you and be more engaged with you over time. And you really need to design a compound metric that helps you jointly optimize and trade off between those different opportunities that you have to engage a different a, a given customer. Yep, no, 100%. Uh, yeah, so maybe we can transition to you know, sort of my last question. That's just, you know, the, the operations, the processes. You know, how, does, yeah. you know, how, how does the... Yeah, the factory and the sausage making process actually work end to end. Yeah, so so for us, sort of some key key components in our infrastructure. We have a we have a multi cloud infrastructure today. Um, our data warehouse is is on AWS Redshift. Our machine learning platform is Google Clouds, based on Google Clouds Vertex AI capability. We've solved some problems. I said, you know, this sort of infrastructure around operationalizing ML models isn't that well solved today. We've solved some of the problems around sort of managing uh, machine learning model features and particularly the consistency between the data that you have available when you train a model and the data that's available when you're running the model and the consistency of the definitions of them. And then downstream, how do you measure and monitor the outcome? So you know, a key component is having an experimentation capability because I sort of view operationalizing any ML model or, or marketing campaign um, it really is an ongoing experiment. And so there we, we have some uh, third-party experimentation capability that helps our website, but all of it plays down into a common testing measurement and management capability and, and reporting capability that we built internally that attaches to our downstream business metric. And that allows us to sort of combine these, okay, well, what was the, what, today, what has the conversion impact been of this particular experience that we've been delivering? Combination perhaps of an email and a specific landing page, campaign specific landing page, but then also how does, has that translated into two month retention or two month average order value or something like that? So we're able to connect those immediate metrics with how that's played out downstream in terms of quality of the customer overall. So experimentation is a key uh, part of our infrastructure today. Simon Data CDP component for our sort of data-driven orchestration and our audience management and targeting. You know, that's how we drive our marketing experiments uh, today, uh, both dynamically, think about some of our sort of, you know, response to customer events, uh, cart abandonment, churn risk signals. You know, as those come up, we have those flowing dynamically into Simon, and then we sort of have our target audience-based experiments through our through our own channels that we drive through through Simon, and then measure back into our um, experimentation platform capability. So those are really the those are really the key pieces of it today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I sort of look at you know, best of breed sort of workflows, you know, which I think you effectively described there, it's a few different competencies. The first starts with you know, the core view of the customer, um, you know, and really making sure that you can have that holistic view 
of how the customer is interacting across the website, support, which Bark has said you know, with the happy team uh, is super strategic. Uh, and of course, any other touch points. Uh, and then really just thinking about the feedback loop. So you know, are you able to operationalize the models uh, and build the right you know, data science capabilities? Uh, are you able to operationalize and move those models into marketing campaigns? Uh, and then on the backside of this, are you able to measure you know, what's going on? Are you able to do that in an experimentation context? Uh, you know, are you able to run an A-B test, a holdout test? Uh, and can you look at a longitudinal view of things in a way that really you know, fits some of the goals of the business? You know, and with a business like BarkBox, you know, with the core subscription business as a, a primary driver of success for the, you know, you know, you know, for the broader for the broader enterprise, you know, it's not just about a conversion rate; it's thinking about retention rates and it's thinking about engagement uh, and all these leading indicators that show that you'll continue to continue to subscribe. You know, we, you know, but there's real complexity there. So, you know, Ollie, we're sort of you know, reaching the bottom of our time here. Uh, your final question for you. I know you're excited about this one. If you were to have this conversation again with anyone in the world, uh, you know, who would it be and why? You know, when, when you told me you were going to ask me this question, Jason, I thought of a multi multitude of well-known figures around the industry. And then I actually came back to, I would probably tell myself some of these things 10 or 15 years ago. Because... You know, at that time, I sort of probably lived in this world of, well, solving that kernel data science problem is the only part of the mission. And having accumulated all of this experience about what it really takes to operationalize these capabilities in an enterprise and really affect customer experience and the underlying business metrics, right? I wish I'd had that wisdom before because I sort of had to not involve those things together along the way. And I would have loved it to be a shortcut. So I wish I could say it was, you know, I would tell some celebrity or very, very prominent executive some of these wisdoms. I'd probably tell myself to give myself a much, much smoother ride over the last 50 years or so in this space. Yeah, that, that that's a fantastic answer. I, I I don't think we've had anyone refer to their <laughs> you know the pre their, their their previous and former self. But you know, look, I mean, I put myself in the same camp. You know, I always joke. It took me five years into my PhD to realize the value in data isn't in the algorithms. How you actually use the algorithms. You know, and I think you know so often you know if there's one thing that I think you know you know so many of our listeners you know could maybe you know if I would hope they take away. You know, is ultimately, you know, machine learning is only as good as how it's used. And having machine learning, you know, is a means to an end. If the pipelines from the means to the end aren't connected, aren't operationalized, aren't analytical, you know, aren't measured against the things that you care about, you know, all you really have, you know, going for you is to say that you're using machine learning, uh, <laughs> not much else. Yeah. Uh, you know, which in the market, you know, unfortunately happens more time than not. Uh, but in this broader macro environment, you know, making sure that, um, yeah, yeah, that you're really you know, clear on where the value is, is more critical than ever. Yeah. So thank you. So Ollie, thank you for coming on uh, our podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. You know, if anyone um, you would like to learn more about BarkBox, uh, you know, maybe you can tell our listeners where they can go and, and how they can you know, learn about you know, the brand and go subscribe to the box. Yeah. Ch check us out. All of our product lines at Bark.co. And if you're interested in subscription toys and treats for your dog, BarkBox.com. Great. Uh, and thank you, Ollie. And thank you to everyone listening to this episode of the Data Unlocked podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, please visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at simondata. 
You've been listening to The Data Unlocked. You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale.